Hello and welcome to Spiritual Shit, your guide to the down and dirty of modern spirituality. This podcast is a place for people wanting to discover more about spirituality, where we can get weird about ghosts, mediumship, aliens, psychics, religion, new age, awakening, ascension, starseeds, channeling, holistic health, philosophy, and even dating. Some shows will be just me rambling about my mystical experiences and discoveries, while other shows will have guests to open up new perspectives and views. I hope you'll join me on this journey as we discuss and open up what spirituality in today's modern world really looks like. Remember to like and subscribe to never miss an episode and hit me up at thelovelyleah.com or at thelovelyleah on Instagram so we can connect. Become a Patreon supporter to get access to behind the scenes of our guests, freebies, early access to new episodes, discounts on merch, and more. Are you ready to manifest incredible love? Not just love, but healthy, meaningful, aligned love. Hi, I'm Alia Lovely, the host of Chart Topping Podcast, Spiritual Shit. And I'm Shirin Eskandani, coach and founder of Wholehearted Coaching. We've both manifested amazing partnerships and want to show you how to do that in your own life by unlocking your energy and mindset. So we've created Manifest Them, the online course to call in your soulmate. With over six hours of content, worksheets, bonus meditations, and breathwork exercises, this course will show you exactly how to shift your beliefs and frequency to manifest your equal and capable partner. This course will not only teach you how to call on your soulmate, but also how to nurture a loving, healthy relationship. If you're interested in finding love or finding out more about how to manifest, head over to manifestthem.com. Open the door, love, and step into the partnership you've always desired. All right, all right, all right. How are you? I hope you all are doing super well this week. And um, from the looks at it of it, you guys loved last week's episode. Yeah, excited about that. (laughs) Um, This week has been great. I'm doing good. Things are good. We're just kind of like moseying along looking at life um in in new and extraordinary ways as always and i feel like i'm getting really like back in touch with spirit in really wonderful and crazy ways and i'm getting stretched noise to also really deeply learn how to trust and surrender as always um you guys know though this is something we talk about all the time but It's funny how the lesson never stops. Like you never get to a point where you're like, okay, I'm done with the lesson of surrender. No, it's, it's kind of always ongoing. So, um, as y'all know, we launched a program called manifest them. It's so cool to see how much it's helping you guys already. And I'm not here to talk about that today. Uh, which is, it's interesting because it does have something to do with what it is that we want to talk about. And actually this topic is hard for me to talk about and one that I have felt an imposter around talking about. So please bear with me, but this is something, um, uh, one of my Patreon people has suggested. So thank you for that, for that, for inspiration today. Um, today we are talking about money. Money, 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 money. And um, the reason why I speak so little about money specifically is because I have, it's probably been my longest standing hurdle to overcome when it comes to manifestation. Now, I'm even like, like (gasps) huffing, (laughs) thinking about talking about it because there's so much weight to money in our, in our society about what our needs are, what the practicality of money is. And a lot of times it's difficult to put money in a spiritual context because it's so needed. It's such a requirement for regular living. And before I really get into the deep spiritual aspect of it, another reason why I've had a hard time talking about it specifically on the show is because there are people who are born into situations where they don't not afforded the privilege even of the belief of thinking that their circumstances can change. And so I don't want this to come from some privileged position, you know, given the country I live in. 
And um, even though I grew up poor, you know, the ability to be able to, you know, outgrow some of those those beliefs, I understand that it's super difficult for a lot of people to come to terms with money as an energy prospect and as something that they can manifest uh, when maybe they've never seen it before or have been in situations where they have, have you know, maybe this is going to be a super triggering episode for them. So first, I just want to offer in love, you know, in perspective that uh, I don't know everything, as you guys already know, you've heard, <laughs> Um, and that this is something that's even hard for me to talk about because as I am learning and growing through understanding how manifestation works, <laughs> as cliche as that sounds, um, I also understand that there are layers and layers and layers to people's experiences and the way in which they've been able to deal with money. So it's not an easy topic, but it's one that tends to bring in the most amount of money when people are trying to figure out how to make it. So we know all of the the pyramid pyramid schemes and all of the get rich quick and and all that um you know people it, it is a high concerning level up there with love. And money for me for a long time has always seemed like something that has been elusive. And just to give you a background if this is the first episode you're listening to, I grew up super poor. We didn't have a lot. We were thankfully able to have our, our basic needs met. Um, but, you know, to go to a fast food restaurant was a luxury for us uh, that we would do maybe once a month. You know, I remember one time um, trying to help my mom with the groceries and dropping a gallon of milk on the ground and it, and it bursting open and her just crying um, that, you know, because she had to scrape together pennies sense to get that milk for us and entering into places where people didn't think we belonged because we didn't have money. And so my reflection of, of money growing up was you had to work hard for it. Um, it's not around very much. And, um, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's also something that made you evil, you know, if you had a lot of it. So, um, just to speak a little bit on my journey, if this helps you relate at all, it's something that I've never until maybe now had a good relationship with and always thought it evaded me in some kind of way. felt resentful towards money, that it wasn't more abundant for me. And I found that very early on, that resentment started to produce a level of motivation that ended up being very unhealthy for me. So I saw that the way my father worked, because he was kind of like a handyman, did gigs and stuff like that. He still does. I liked to see that freedom that he had as far as his job went. And when I finally got my first real job, actually, let's back up. The first job I got when I was, in, I was 14, working at Dairy Queen. And it was the uh, motivation of me trying to, you know, get money, enough money to buy a car because I didn't want to have to be dependent on my parents to take me place to place because uh, they were always late to everything. and I was just tired of it. I had that deep independent spirit very early on. So I, I found a way to save my money. Um, I got $200 to buy this broken down Honda Civic <laughs> and um, because I needed a job to go or sorry, I needed a car to get a better job. So then um, I think at 16, where was I working? I got another job somewhere. I don't remember. Um, at some point I started then working at the buckle and I was like, oh, there's, there's commission behind this. Like we can make money doing this or whatever. I wasn't like as focused on my studies as I probably should have been. But like to me, the job was the, the end all be all. The job was the, the means to get me clothing that I could look cool enough to fit in. It was the survival mechanism. Money gave me access to things that I didn't have access to that kept me out of circles I couldn't be in before. And uh, I even remember back in sixth grade, I've told the story before, but um, when I switched schools and I remember everybody was wearing like name brands, Nikes, Calvin Klein or whatever. I had never even seen most of those kind of you know, clothes and didn't know that this was, this was some type of status symbol. So when I was at Hy-Vee, 
I remember seeing that there was like um, <laughs> these Calvin Klein shirts that were there that were fake. I didn't know that they were fake because I didn't know at the time that that was a thing. And me going to school so proud of this thing that I bought to give myself some kind of status and and people looking down and being like, you know, that's fake, right? And I just, anyway, <laughs> it's all to say money for me looked like access. Money looked like fitting in. Money looked like being able to have security and make sure the, the lights stood on and that I had food. So it was always the the access point in which I, I needed to be able to get something. And I treated it as, as such, you know, it was need, it was urgent. And anytime, you know, following that, growing up through college and so on, that I didn't have enough money, I would find my body to go into this visceral level of panic attack. If I looked at my account and it was less than a certain number, I would have a, an actual panic attack. And I would see this happen over and over in these cycles, like when I was doing okay versus when I wasn't, and how much energy expenditure was put into what I didn't have. So I needed to make sure that I got enough and I got more and I got more and I got more so I could keep myself satiated from feeling like that I was never without. But that feeling never came. I, I always felt like I was without. And that was a training that I've had because of my upbringing. Not my parents' fault that they were poor necessarily, but I mean, maybe. <laughs> but my relationship with money had become this, this thing where it was it was never around. And the way that I would talk about myself, the things I would say out loud, oh, I'm broke or I don't have enough or I can't afford or whatever. And I know that the old school law of attraction has always kind of said, like, be mindful of your words. Um, it's, this is not to be positive poly and be like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm a millionaire or anything like that. But being cognizant of the words that you're using and the energy output that you're using to describe yourself when it comes to money. And I remember the first time I heard someone say, um, talk to money like you're in a relationship with it. You know, how do you how do you speak about money? Do you say money? You don't you're not there for me. And, you, you know, how do you view money in a relationship? And when I thought about that, it was kind of a light bulb moment because I was like, I don't have a very good relationship with money, but I don't know how to change it. So what then happened is I started a photography business and, you know, um, wasn't great on the logistics end, still not good on the logistics end. As far as like taxes and stuff go, that's just not my wheelhouse. Um, I have to put that off to somebody else because I'm really bad at that side of things. But um, I remember just thinking like, okay, these people are offering me $800 for a wedding or $900, $1,000. And that's a lot of money. And so I started doing this, this business, which I think was good at the creative side um, because it, it afforded me something. I got a taste of what it would look like to have access. I got a taste of what it looked like to have independence. I got a taste of being able to have enough money in my account to pay my bills and not be worried about what was going to happen. So then I, I remember that during this time period, I was still working a conventional job as a missions counselor and at the like, same time trying to, you know, pay some bills or whatever. So I got this house to live in or to rent. It was just a one bedroom house and I was so proud of it. It's this cute little house. And, um, you know, I, I, I felt like, okay, finally I had a place to, to call my own and, and that I could pay for by myself. And I didn't have to have roommates. And I was living there with, you know, almost no furniture. And I would probably eat like, um, you know, Totina's pizza every night or ramen. And I remember that, like, my expenses were so close to what is I was actually making that I almost just kind of broke even every night, every month. And... Um, it started me on this kind of weird path, which is funny because I've never really struggled with any type of substance abuse for real, but I was like, I don't, I don't have anything that makes me feel like I own this or that makes me feel good about being here. I can't decorate. Um, you know, I can't like, I'm, I'm, I'm living outside of my means and I'm still just trying to get that access that I see other people have. I'm living in a neighborhood where people don't, aren't coming from places where I'm coming from. And I'm trying to be a part of this lifestyle that 
I, in my mind, really didn't have any business being a part of. And I started drinking a lot. And like, this is probably the only time in my life I can ever remember where alcohol was something that I did often. And I would drink and get drunk. You know, I'm 21, 22 or something by myself. And this lasted for not for a very long time. It was probably like a three month span or something. But I was so unhappy in this space because money had dictated what I thought was important to look like I had this house, to look like I had this thing, to look like I was doing something with my life. And and I wasn't in a place where I had a good enough relationship with money to feel good about spending that on myself. Does that make, I hope that makes sense. Like I felt so guilty that I was spending $900 a month on this house. I felt guilty that I had these utilities and these expenses or whatever to the point I had a friend come stay with me and she was staying with me for, I don't know, maybe like a week or something. And she'd be in the shower for maybe like five minutes and I'd be knocking on the door like, hey, you know, like wrap it up or whatever, you know, because I have to pay for water. I can't even recognize myself in that person anymore. I remember like she decided to stay with some different friends because she was feeling that like pressure of my pressure of feeling like money was like not available. Anyway, so I was not generous. (laughs) I was dependent on alcohol, trying to escape from the feeling of like, you know, working from this job that paid 29,000 a year or something and being in a place of, of wanting so badly to to have what I thought was the freedom of having money. the What I looked at other people and saw what they got to have and go, okay, you know, this is, this is what it's supposed to be like. I want to make it out of where I came from. I don't want to look like my parents who, who they're not able to pay this or pay that or they say we can't afford it all the time. I want to buy my own shit. I want to be able to do what I want to do. So anyway, fast forward, my photography business is doing incredible and uh, I continue in this kind of cycle. I continue with the idea that I don't have enough. And like we, even though I upgrade my, my living, I upgrade my car, I upgrade my stuff, I still don't have a good relationship with money. So anytime I make money, I don't save it. I spend it. I treat myself. And then I'm back into that space where I look at my account and I don't have enough. I don't have enough. And it was interesting. Now, sorry, this is a whole background background thing or whatever. But I recognized that in order to keep that limiting belief that I didn't have enough, I had to get rid of the money I had. Even though I was making more per year, I had to get rid of it in order to keep that limiting belief alive. So I didn't feel abundant. Thus, then I had to continue with behaviors that kept me from being abundant. So when people talked about prosperity, I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, that's not (laughs) prosperity. Okay. Um, I didn't know if that, I didn't know that that could be a thing. And so when I stepped into spaces, um, what ended up happening is my photography took me to spaces of people who made a lot of money. And so they were hiring me to go to uh, you know, St. Lucius or Hong Kong, St. Lucius, St. Lucia, um, Hong Kong or different places around the world uh, to come, you know, shoot them in their homes and in Mission Hills. And that's a place in Kansas City where the homes are really big. Um, and I was able to see how the other side lived. And I remember, I mean, it, this happens even now, <laughs> some of my clients and I'm like, wow, like this is an insane amount of money. How do these people get to this place? And always kind of putting money on this pedestal of something that was out of my reach. But what what did happen, though, the good part is about being exposed to that. It was like, okay, it gave me some sense of relationship to how how they saw money as merely just a tool. And it wasn't something that they depended on, like, for life or death or that they assessed their status necessarily It was just something that they were used to, something that was a part of their life, something that seemed like a normal fixture. And I started to see that behavior and that started to change my own, which then gave me a little bit more courage as far as what it is that I wanted to to put into the universe. Started learning about law of attraction, 
um, did all the things that the law of attraction says, but I still wasn't producing the amount that I would like to because I didn't think that it was possible still, still holding on to that limiting belief. And it wasn't until, I mean, even, even last year, like still struggling with kind of that cycle of money, but I got to the place where the universe took me to a space where I was so broke, so broke. I don't say this as a belief. It was the truth. (laughs) I was in a place where I had so little that I, instead of panicking, I had to laugh. It was to the point where it was like so far gone and so bad that I was like, okay, there's nothing I can do here. There's nothing I can do here. I can't change anything. I can't control anything. Anxiety's not doing anything. It's not changing anything. I literally just have to put my trust in my abilities and what's supposed to come for me. So I got to let that go. I got to let this mentality go because it's not serving me. It hasn't changed anything over all the years. It hasn't done anything for me over all these years. I'm still in the same position. I may be making more money, but I... I am still trapped in this mindset that's keeping me from feeling like I'm doing any better. I'm still looking for something, you know, like I, to the point, talk, taking so many jobs, it was so toxic. I mean, working every single day. Someone called me, um, I was on Instagram and you can ask, um, like ask me anything or whatever, something bullshit. Um, and so uh, someone, or so like, what's the thought you assume about me? And someone said that you're a workaholic. And I was like, shit, that's, and they were meant that as a compliment. Like, wow, you were, your work ethic is so good. And I was like, that is not what I want to be known for. Why is it that I can't say no to work or no to jobs? Why is it that they're at the end of the month, I always break even and I don't have anything left over. Why is it that I'm I can't get my business to work for me instead I'm always working for it? And I had to do a deep, a really deep dive. And I had to get very intimate with those thoughts about money because, you know, I was one of those people who would have, be too scared to look at our bank account. I think um Kate Northrup has a book called Your Um Money, Your Love Story. And I read, I didn't even read the whole thing, but I read part of it. And the thing, part that got me is that she was like, you need to look at your bank account every day. And I was like, oh, fuck no. I don't want to look at my bank account every day. <laughs> it's depressing. I don't want to see it. You know, whatever. Not having that relationship with money and being acutely aware and knowledgeable about what it is I was bringing in versus what it was I was spending always put me in that state of anxiety. And so once I started getting more intimate with money and saying, okay, I'm going to sign into my bank account every day. I'm going to look at this every day. I'm going to know what I spend, know what's coming out, what's coming in, gave me a, a, a empowerment over this energy that was always stealing from me, making me feel like I didn't have enough. And that was a game changer. That was a huge game changer. Moving the next into like really acknowledging what my blocks were. What's, what was in my way? What was the, the reason why I felt like I couldn't have more? Uh, for, for years, I've always said I wanted to have a job that I didn't have to be um, lo- location dependent on. And, but then I would continue to do photography as a business because that was all I knew and that was what brought in the most money. I didn't even perceive at all that it was possible that I could sit on my butt <laughs> And do something that would bring in just the same amount of money, if not more. I actually learned that last year. And that was as a result of me getting very intimate with those limiting beliefs that I felt like I couldn't do something. I wouldn't take a chance on this. I would go back to what it is that I knew because that was the most comfortable. Because if I had to do something, try something, take a risk as far as money went and make myself vulnerable. It's the same thing with relationships, guys. If I had to make myself vulnerable... And it's possible I could fail and put myself back in that position where I was super, super scared again. And not super scared, like like just feeling like the universe wasn't going to take care of me. That I was going to be in a spot where I didn't have what it is that I needed. That I wouldn't believe in my gifts enough. That I, I, that I would be able to hack <laughs> what it was that I felt like 
I could offer the world in a, in, a, in a monetary sense. That if I made a lot of money, then I would be, feel guilty or feel bad, you know, from from people, my family, you know. Um, I had to get out of the thought that I'm still poor. I had to get out of the thought that I'm still someone without access. I had to get intimate with the ideas around what it is I actually wanted to cultivate and how I wanted to cultivate it. Now, this is something, a process I'm going through right now. And a way in which I've been able to transform my finances has been quite, quite a journey. Um, I'm still in the middle of that process. This is why I don't feel super confident doing this episode today. <laughs> because I don't feel like I can give you, and this may be imposter syndrome, okay? But I don't feel like I can give you the absolute answer yet, but I'm figuring it out. Like I'm I'm putting myself, I've put myself in the position the last two years where now I don't think about money really much anymore. I think about what it is I would like to do. And then I say, okay, universe, take care of it. I would like to manifest this. I don't worry about how much it costs. And I don't say like, I don't worry about how much it costs. Like I, I pay attention to my bills and stuff like that. But the way in which I've been able to to do that, or, um, I'm not spending like crazy amounts of money just to be spending them and getting rid of my money. I've learned how to save. I've learned how to pay attention to my account. I've learned how to do my taxes better. <laughs> I've gotten, I've had to face those things that I was scared of and get very, very clear with them about, okay, what's a, what's a better way to make this a system where I'm not in the dark anymore to not essentially avoid the areas in which I felt scared that I was suppressing around money, like in a relationship, right? Okay. So if you're trying to manifest a relationship and you can't deal with your limiting beliefs about vulnerability and how you think everybody's like this or whatever, it'll keep you in the dark. So when you actually try to go out and date, it will make you feel like something is, um, you know, evading you in some kind of way. You don't have access to this thing and you build a limiting belief around that. It's the same thing with a relationship with money. Money is just energy. It's just a tool. And when you give money that pedestal of of, you know, it's the thing that gives me access. It's the thing that gives me validity. It's the thing that gives me status. It's the thing that makes you lose the simplicity of what money actually is. And when you start doing that, you, you essentially put yourself underneath money. And when you do that, I believe when I did that, that money had power over me. My life was being driven and decisions being made by the scarcity of what I felt like I didn't have because money was the God. And it's funny, it's uh, the, the verse in the Bible that they talk about it. They say the, the love of money is the root of all evil. And I believe that's how it goes. And it's funny because people are like, oh, people, if you if you have money, then you're evil or whatever. But it's the love of money. It's the, the putting money as the pedestal above yourself. Um, I don't know if it's the root of all evil, but <laughs> essentially it, it causes you to put yourself in a place where you're disempowered. Money is just a tool and it's just energy. And as soon as I started seeing it that way, I, I started going, what's the worst? What's the worst that could happen? Not looking for the negative, but like I used to think like my, my body would shut down if I didn't have enough in my account. And I had to start asking myself, what's the worst that would happen? Okay, I'm going to be late on a bill. Is that the end of the world? No, it's not ideal because I want to be in control and I want to, you know, look a certain way and I don't want to have this anxiety of this thing hanging over my head. But am I going to die? No. Now, if I had like that kind of anxiety around food, like not being able to pay for food, well, yeah, you know, that's a whole different conversation. Um, what's the worst that can happen? I will starve. If that was my reality, we might be having a very different conversation right now. But even then, I remember there were times where I was like, okay, I won't be able to pay my rent this month. Okay, will you end up homeless? No, I'll be able to go stay with a friend or stay with a family member. I'm abundant with people who love me, so I'll be okay. And some, some of you don't have that reality. So you'll have to find a different um, thing to land on. And this is, this is why this topic is so hard because for a lot of people, it's so personal 
It's so personal. This is not about just like how you feel. This is about your livelihood. So it's super, super touchy. And for, and sometimes, you know, like when I was younger, it was like, what's the worst that can happen? Okay, our electricity is going to be off and it's negative 12 degrees outside. But luckily I had a father who was pretty um, handy. So he'd figure out some way to make sure that we we're okay. But like, those were the realities that we were kind of confronted with. I don't have those same realities now as an adult because I have more control over that. But even today, you know, like sitting in my house, uh, this house, this beautiful house that I, I absolutely love. And at, at one point in my life thought I would never be able to afford. And now thinking about it and going, oh yeah, like, yeah, I can afford that because I've been teaching myself for a long time to say I could afford that. Not to be unrealistic about it, not to say I can afford things that I know I can't, <laughs> um, but being in a position of saying that money's just a tool for me, money's just energy. I don't give money power over me. Money works for me. Like here, money, money, jump when I say jump. You say how high, kind of thing. And while while I know it's hard to get to that perspective, being mindful of the way in which you see money, I think helps you transform in how you get money. My, um, some close friends of mine, you know, I see them, I hear them say out of their mouths quite often, oh, you know, I'm broke or we can't afford that or, you know, whatever. I'm like, don't put that in the universe. Those words have power. Not because it's just this ripple out of it's going to keep you from making money, but because you believe it. And when you believe it, you will continue to fall in behaviors that will make that true. I believe that's true for everything. And so as a reflection in my own life as someone who you know, made very, very little and who came from the same background as, um, you know, like when I look at even my siblings, um, one of my sisters is, is like a serial entrepreneur. She's great. She's super, super talented. And then I have another sister, um, who's this, you know, really, really wonderful painter. And then I have my brother who, you know, I don't really know what he does, but, (laughs) um, you know, we all came, grew up from the same cloth and have very different relationships with how we deal with money and what we think about money and how much we're able to pull in. So one of my sisters the other day said to my partner, because he was kind of griping at how much I spent on paint. And I wanted to, I wanted to support my friends who have this painting company and their painting company, the, the, the cans of paint are like $50 each. So it's kind of the specialized business or whatever, but I was like, it's sustainable and it's this and it's that. I don't know. I'm trying to be supportive of their, their business. Um, and he's like, you spent $50 on a can of paint. You could have got that for 25 or whatever. And my sister was like, well, you know, Aaliyah's, you know, $20 is actually $60. <laughs> and they were laughing about that. And they thought that was so funny. And I was like, wait, what's so, what's the joke here? And she's like, well, you know, because you like you think it's not a, like if, if something costs 50 bucks, you're like, oh, no, big deal. it's like someone else's $20. And at first I was kind of offended because I was like, y'all are trying to call me bougie or hoity-toity or something like that. I'm not I mean, I'm I'm, I'm actually really good with money. And Chris, Chris, my sister, she's like, well, you know, when you want something, when you decide you want something that that kind of goes out the window. And in my mind, I was like, huh, I sat with it for a little bit because I was thinking like, you know, am I. Um, do I spend extraordinarily or am I not paying attention to my finances? And I was like, no, when I see the value in something, I have enough of that like release that I don't have to think about necessarily how much it costs when I want to give or, or put energy into something. This particular business of my friends or whatever, they've been doing it for a couple of years. I've seen their struggle. I've seen how they've come up. I've seen, you know, I'm really proud of them and I wanted to support them. And so my support means paying what their, their price tag was. And, and I could do that because money was energy and energy. I got to give to them to say, I believe in what you guys are doing. And in that case, it didn't cost that much to me. It's the same time, like same thing, like how you guys feel when you want to gift somebody, not everybody, when it's, when it's money for someone else. And I'm buying them a gift. It do, it, it don't matter how much it costs. When it's for me, it's like, okay, well, maybe I'll do this later. I'll like do a whole card at ASOS and then look at the shipping and be like, no, nah, I'll do it later. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there are people with me that like you go shopping in the cart and then you leave it in the cart. Um, so when it's for somebody else, it's the energy in which I want to share 
or give them something. And the the reason I want to illustrate this is because when we're thinking often about other people or thinking about supporting someone, gifting someone something or whatever, we we tend to think, not consciously even, but we tend to spend through the, the eye of money as this tool or of energy that will make someone else happy or whatever. This is a small example, but when it comes to ourselves, when it comes to our bills, <laughs> um, we're like, oh, I have to pay this. I have to pay that. I have to pay that. What if we gave our bills the same energy as we gave what we had to give someone else as far as a gift goes? Thank you so much for heating my house this month. Thank you so much for um, letting me live here. Thank you so much for providing me cell phone service. You know, what if we came to our bills with that kind of energy? I wonder what we would be able to make back. And, you know, it's not a good practice that I've, I've cultivated, but it's something that I try, you know, here and there. <laughs> Still working on it. But I noticed that, like, when I came with that, I didn't have this dread of what I had to pay for anymore. And I felt like there was this release of energy or then more money was coming my way somehow. I would pay with gratitude. Thank you for my car. Thank you for insuring my car. Thank you for, um, you know, whatever, trash pickup or whatnot. And it's like if we were believing that that was a gift that we were giving someone, the energy in which would transpire would feel very differently about what we had to pay for and what we felt we weren't abundant with. And this is important when it comes to bills because bills in particular are what makes us feel poor. I have to pay for this. I have to pay for that. Oh, I've got too many bills. I got to, you know, oh, I don't have enough money left over to buy what I want. Well, you know, like a house is a pretty good thing. If you have a home, a roof over your head, I mean, I would imagine that's something that you want. I'm not guilting anybody for feeling gripey about bills, okay? <laughs> but what I'm saying is, is that if we could if we could view money as this energy that we're giving, as simply a tool and not necessarily this thing that's evading us or this thing that's betraying us or this thing that is hurting us, if we can form a new belief around it, we can lose our anxiety around it, could we open up the doorway that would give us ideas and creativity and openness to shift and change the way we move through the world in our prosperity? I hope that makes sense. Because like halfway through this episode, I'm going, I hate this episode. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Um, because I'm I'm also dealing with my own shit about like what it is that I have. I'm still working through as far as money goes. So I'm not ahead of you in any way or regard. But I think that when I started seeing money as a spiritual, energetic, frequency type of thing, the worry that I had about not having it didn't seem to exist as much anymore. Currently, I'm in a space where I'm like, okay, cool. You know, I don't, I don't have that anxiety around it anymore because I recognize that it's a tool that when I spend money, it comes back to me. And the reason I say it like that is because that's a belief that I've cultivated. That's one I've been in my mantra for a while. When I spend money, it comes back to me. So I don't have any guilt, any buyer's remorse. I don't have this idea, oh, shit, I bought this thing. I can't afford it. I can't afford it. And then thus cause myself to have this like major massive expense that then, you know, tops me out and puts me in that anxious place again because it's energy. So uh, some of you guys may have heard the story. I was living in New York at the time and I was super worried about money. How am I going to pay my rent this month? How am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? And I was in the middle of um, finishing a wedding or a job or something and I had set my cameras on the bench next to the window where my computer was set up against. And I left the window just cracked because it's super hot in my apartment. I didn't want to use the air because I didn't want to use electricity and I didn't want to have my bill be high. And I went down the street just for a little bit to go to a bodega to buy some some stuff for dinner. And it had, we had had a torrential like downpour just like for five minutes, this insane rainstorm and I was like shit I left that window open so I would go run like mind you there was not a cloud in the sky like there was no indication that that was going to happen but I run back home and I get there and um you know one of my cameras the inside of the body is destroyed 
like just completely wet. And then one of the lenses also doesn't work. And then the other one, the body works, but the lens doesn't work either. And I'm going, holy shit, I have a wedding to shoot in about 10 days. What the fuck am I going to do? I go to the repair place. Oh, yeah, this is going to be $1,800. It's, it's it's just a little less than what my rent cost at the time. My rent was $2,500. In order to shoot this wedding that I had already been paid for, I have to use my rent money to pay <laughs> for my cameras to get fixed so I can do my job. And now I'm tapped out and I'm going to be late for rent. So my, I was, I was just, I was berating myself. I was so mad. Like, oh gosh, if I wasn't worried about money in the first place, this wouldn't have happened. And I remember my sisters being like, like, you can't blame yourself for that. You can't like, that's not, that was just like freak accident. And it was this, it was that. And even today I knew then, but even today I know now that that was not a freak accident that I was cultivating this, this bubbling of this energy of lack. I was, I was so frantic. I was so like fixated. Okay. I need to get this job. Maybe I need to get this. Maybe I can do this here. Look for this job on here. You know, like I, I, my mind was consumed with every detail. How can I make money? How can I make money? How can I make money? And it didn't matter what I was saying about how could I make money? The energy was, you don't have any money. You don't have any money. You are in lack, you are in scarcity, you are without. And so what did the universe do? (laughs) It cultivated a situation, I believe, cultivated a situation that helped reflect that even better. Because I was putting so much energy into that thought, you don't have anything. Well, mind you, I had $1,800 that was saving for my rent, and now that was gone. So, you know, it's, it's interesting to see how that plays out. And obviously like I can't speak for all of you guys and your experiences and stuff like that. But for me, it is palpable, palpable, almost instant to see the results behind when I'm in a lack mindset versus when I'm an abundant one. So I remember when COVID was going down and like, I mean, my, my job has had effectively been ended, terminated because I can't go in anybody's houses. So I'm living with a friend And, you know, I have, um, you know, maybe $700 to my name in cash from a job that I did when I was in Paris, when I was coming back from, but my account was completely overdrawn, um, because I was supposed to get this other payment. And then because I didn't get to do this job that, you know, there's all these things anyway. And I said, okay, all right, well, my account right now doesn't look very abundant, but I am abundant right now because I have a place to live. That's free. (laughs) Um, you know, like, I, like buying groceries or whatever, uh, I could be very, very cheap and selective cause it's just me. I'm not going to buy into, um, what it, what it looks like I don't have. And while that was really hard to do, I, I, I made it so specific that I'm not going to enter into a place where I think I'm without. I, I let myself be, enjoy the place that I was staying for free with a friend, be thankful and be grateful and say, okay, like this, you know, money is coming to me in every way and every day, whatever my mantra was. And I mean, to the, the average person, I was, I was poor. <laughs> I didn't have much to my name. And I, I said, I, I'm only poor in this material plane. And this is only reflective of who I was. It's not reflective of who I am. So I'm going to be in a mindset that says that I am abundant. And within that time period, um, I got a refund on something. And then um, all the someone came back into my bank with bank fees or the bank fees that I incurred because there was no money in there and refunded all of them. And then one, one day I woke up and I had like five grand in my account. And I was like, what? <laughs> Mind you, this had been after six weeks of having nothing. And I said, okay, like mentally, I hadn't let myself enter that place of panic. And it's not that I was being delusional or that I was being like, um, you know, in a place of like dismissiveness or anything like that. But I, I was in this place of saying, no, I understand that the universe is is going to provide for me. I mean, I'm going to be okay. What's the worst that can happen? I can ask someone for money. 
like in which that's actually one of the worst things that could happen um for myself anyway my pride is ooh. Um, but it, there was this this moment where the like I I had I had I saw it in real time where I would I didn't let myself believe my old limiting belief just because of what I saw in front of me I said no I would like to cultivate a different reality here I would like to see something very differently manifest here and since then it's been I wouldn't say easy, but it's been much easier for me to get in tune with that frequency and say, I'm, I'm okay. I'm abundant. I can manifest. I can do this. Um, to the point where I feel uncomfortable telling you guys this, but um, to the point where, for instance, I did this money manifestation where I had my, my crystals and I was sitting there and I was like, I'm, I'm going to attract 10 grand. I'm going to attract 10 grand. I don't know how I'm going to attract 10 grand. Um, and I don't need to know the how I can just trust that this is going to, this money's going to come in. And, and somehow it did. I got, I got reposted a bunch of people, book sessions and then book photos and all kinds of stuff all in the same week. And I said, wow, okay, cool. Let's try this again. Um, then I had some major expenses come up, had to spend half of that or more than half of it to pay those things off. And I said, okay, if I did it once, let me try it again. Boom. Did it again. And I'm not saying this to brag. I'm not saying this to be like, oh, look how I overcome to my, you know, like I'm saying this because for someone who had such strong money blocks and such a strong example as a child of what it looked like to not have anything and always feel like you couldn't have it, I, I got to see examples when I was committed to a new belief system and a new energy and saying that money is just a tool. Money can serve me. I don't serve money. That is when things really started to change. And now, like, I mean, money is a super touchy subject. Like, I can't talk to certain people about their the way that they talk about money. And I can see it happening in real time where they struggle with their finances because they are holding. And I, I don't say this like I don't struggle with my finances sometimes. But that, like, they're holding this belief that, Money will give them something that they can't give themselves. And while money is a necessity, it is just a tool and just energy. And when you start treating it like that and you have a different relationship with money, I started saying money serves me. Money shows up for me. Money loves to come my way. Money loves to be in my pocket. People love to give me money. Those are my mantras for two years. I'll go through and say that all the time. Um, until I really believed them. And when it shifted and it wasn't like, I have to go get money. Where can I get money? Money doesn't show up for me or whatever. I, I noticed this massive shift in the way and how easy it was to make money after that. Even during a pandemic. So for those of you who are out there struggling, like, first of all, my heart goes out to you because I know what that feels like. I've been there. I will probably be there again at some point. Let's, let's, you know what? Let's not put that in the universe. I don't want to go there again. Um, but what I mean is, is that as things ebb and flow and fluctuate and as the universe continues to cycle and help you master these, these gifts, um, my heart goes out to you. And I understand that there are circumstances that are just that they're plainly the reality of what it is that you're going through. But my challenge, I guess, is, is to get very real about your relationship with money. How do you look at it? How do you view it? How do you talk to it? How do you let it talk to you? Because money talks back. <laughs> Some of you money talks. Um, you have the ability to shift your awareness around the energy that money brings into your life. And if you always feel scared you're going to lose it or you don't have it, um, you know, we will, you will, we will cultivate behaviors that will mirror that back to us in the same way I talk about everything else when it comes to manifestation. Um, even for instance, um, our course that we just, uh, sold, um, <laughs> Sharon checked me on one of those moments. Cause I was like, Oh, I don't know if we should do that. Da, da, da. And she's like, that's your money block talking. And I was like, excuse me, church, she's right. <laughs> but I don't like being called on it. And, um, you know, I opened up in some vulnerability and took a risk that really, really paid off. And I, I had someone else that, that 
thankfully kind of confronted that ideal. You know, we're all looking for this abundance and looking for like to change our lives in in massive ways so we can actually focus and have the things that we love. So we can focus on the things that we want to do instead of having to focus on what we don't have. And I noticed that the people who talk about money the most are the people who don't have any. The people who don't talk about money at all are the people who have enough of it for the most part. Not always the case, but you know what I mean? Like the the conversations around and the worries that they carry is as a result of what they feel like they don't have. And when I got to a space where I said, okay, I want to change my relationship with what this looks like. I want to see if it's possible to be in, bring myself into a space of talking about money very differently, even if I didn't have it. Could I change the reality? Could I key into a frequency that would change the reality of what that what that looked like? And I hope this isn't super triggering to you because like, you know, it'd be one thing if I was like always rich or something like that and be like, you just need to think positively and you, you know, whatever. Um, that would be super irritating. <laughs> it would be grating to me because it's like, you don't have to work for shit anyway. So, okay. Um, but from someone who, who flipped burgers at Dairy Queen and, uh, who worked at the buckle and who worked at, you know, in the student office and, um, you know, got to a place where I, I, I made, you know, six figures one year in my photography business, but still didn't have enough money to get the things that I wanted because I was living outside of my means, like those tapes of what I believed about myself and how poor I was continued even when I made money because of my relationship with it didn't change. So while I was able to manifest these jobs that would pay a lot, I would get rid of that money as soon as I got it because what? I had to still abide by my belief that I didn't have any. It was the belief that had to change for me to be able to see that there was ways in which I could bring it in and be abundant and have prosperity and ways that I didn't know was possible. You know, like prosperity can also look like it doesn't have to be in your bank account, right? Um, When I became more abundant in thinking, I was able to attract more experiences that I didn't even have to pay for, like, which was even better, (laughs) I became rich and abundant in experiences that would have cost a lot of money that someone else paid for. That counts too. You know, it didn't have to come out of my account. So I'm in the process of saying, okay, I want to manifest a beautiful wedding. You know, um, me and David are trying to find a a venue and I'm like, okay, this costs a lot. This costs a lot. This costs a lot. Um, you know, and then I, I just came back to my thought of belief of money and saying, okay, no, I'm just going to manifest something. Someone give it to me. So <laughs> this, this idea of what you feel and think about the way things come to you, the way money comes to you. My sisters laugh at me and they say that I have the Midas touch because if I put anything on my Facebook or Instagram, it says, does anybody have this and this and this, um, that people just give me stuff. And I, I, I asked them, why do they think that? And they're like, well, you know, my sister asked for some, um, Uh, string lights she needed string lights lots and lots of string lights for her wedding but we didn't want to pay like a shit ton of money in christmas lights and i just asked just you know hey does anybody have a bunch of christmas lights that they don't need right now and we had like like i don't know thousands of lights from this girl that let us borrow them that they had just taken off their house or something um shit like that you know just just asking hey does anybody have this we're doing this photo shoot oh yeah here i have a i have a horse you can borrow (laughs) like just the most random stuff um, because I asked and I think that in, in that way, prosperity is the same way. Can, can we ask for those things? Can, can we change our beliefs around what it is that we think we, we need to get or have to get? Can we just ask universe, would you provide for me? Would you make sure that I have a, a roof over my head? Would you find a way to make this happen? And can we ask with belief that it's possible? Because asking from a place of, of you know, that no, no, that's not going to happen, obviously doesn't change anything. But what I learned personally is that when I asked from a place of full surrender of like, okay, you know what? This is not my problem. You need to take care of this universe. Thank you in advance. Things tended to sort themselves out. Money came from places I couldn't have even tried to earn them from. Okay. 
it was just offered to me. So this is a long-winded way to get through this episode. And it's funny, I get to the end of this. Um, it's funny, I get to a lot of the end of my solo episodes and go, dang, well, I hope they got something out of that because I just felt like I was rambling. But specifically this one, this was uh, one that's hard for me to talk about because um, I'm still in the middle of trying to shift and transform that. But I wouldn't even say in the middle. I'm finally over the middle. Like I'm in the 60, 70 percentile now of like, ooh, I'm starting to really figure out how this works. And I'm starting to cultivate behaviors that make sense for how I would like to renew the way I see myself financially. I'm starting to shift and change the way I see myself financially, what it is that I can earn, what positions I want to hold, what things I want to sell, and believing that the the content that I have is worthy of someone buying it. You know, this is a touchy subject, right? Because like we talk about sales and stuff like that. We're, you know, we're selling this course. And I'm just being very honest with you guys. Like I, I hate selling. I hate this marketing. I hate reposting things or whatever. Uh, my partner's super good at it. And I was just like, ugh, I hate it. Why? Why do I hate selling something that I feel will give so much value to the world? Because I still have limiting beliefs about what it is that I feel like I can earn. That is me being extra honest with y'all. Extra. <laughs> I still have limiting beliefs about what it is that I think I can earn. What it is I think I, I have am giving value-wise to the world. Nobody's going to buy that. No one wants to hear this sales pitch over and over. Nobody wants to blah, 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 because I'm still dealing with those limiting beliefs. Like it doesn't happen in one fell swoop, guys. But what I'm saying is, is that, you know, in, in the, in the thick of it, (laughs) there are so many different levels in which you will deal with the negative aspects of how you feel about money, how you feel about yourself and your worthiness to earn it and how you feel about your accessibility to it. And all this long talk is about is getting very intimate with what you believe about money because you will start to unveil beliefs that are getting in your way of letting it come into your life. And the very most basic area that you can start is what are you saying about it? What is your relationship with it? How often do you look at your bank account? I don't mean obsessively because that's another type of energy, (laughs) but are you avoiding and suppressing and and in anxiety in anxiety sorry um around money itself as a very close friend of mine who you know like when they're in a place of earning i've heard them say a few times say i have too much money in my bank account and i'm like what does that mean they're like oh this bill hasn't been taken out yet or hasn't been paid yet or whatever but i'm like oh be careful with that that language there's too much money in my bank account They're more comfortable energetically with seeing very little in their bank account. And so they find ways for it to continue to affirm that. And then, you know, I I can't confront them about it because that's their business. But um, are you doing the same thing? Are you putting yourself in a scarcity or are you running in the hamster wheel trying to achieve something because you serve money? You don't let money serve you. Anyway, I hope that's helpful to you guys. Like, I feel super self-conscious talking about this today <laughs> um, just because I know how touchy of a subject it is for so many people. And some, so many people don't have sometimes even the, the, the mental privilege to get to a place where they can take a breath because they have children to feed or, um, you know, they're in a space where it's, it's really hard to come by. They don't have access to certain things. And so first I want to acknowledge the privilege that I have to have internet um, to have a shelter over my head, to be in a place where I can actually think about things differently, where I'm not having to be in survival mode. So let's acknowledge that first. But um, for those of you who do, there are, uh, and you have access to, to internet, you have access to listen to this podcast, you know, there are ways that you can shift and change the narrative that will drastically change the way in which you're able to produce in your own life and I deeply believe that that if you're able to do that, then you give to the rest of the world in order to, to help them do the same. You pay it forward. And then the same way that you feel when you want to buy your friend a gift and, and suddenly like the, the account is 
endless, right? Like you suddenly have enough money when when you want to buy something for someone you love. It's the same way when you generate that energy from a place of, of, I want to, would like to pay it forward. I would like to give money towards this service. I would like to give money towards uh, this charity. I would like to do, it doesn't even have to be money. It can be your time and how that paying forward helps everybody when we're not living in a space of scarcity. So I hope that makes sense. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. It's okay if you didn't, because I didn't. It's very uncomfortable for me. Um, but I think that this is something, if if we could get to a place where we understood it, we could live in, in a way, a, a deep abundance that would be so, so, I would say, it's like, how do I, how do I explain this? Like, it would be so beautiful to us. It wouldn't be about getting money, get money, get money, and start, like, viewing money as this pedestal of, you know, status and, and wealth or whatever, you know, it would be more about like, this is what, this is an energy and a tool that helps me help the world. And I think in that there are major, major, there's major power and shift that comes with that. So anyway, I will see you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please share it with someone you love. And if you're interested in becoming a client for energy coaching or card readings, find me at thelovelyalia.com to read more about what I do and to book your own session. And don't forget to add me on the lovely Aaliyah on Instagram for daily content and inspiration and hang out with me on Patreon. As always, thank you for listening.